Welcome to Out With Dan, the podcast that spotlights and examines the voices of LGBTQ authors, characters, and our allies. Together, we lift our voices and we tell our stories. I'm Dan White. Join me as I chat with this week's author. Hello, and welcome back to Out With Dan. Today, I'm excited to be talking to James Fahey about his book, The Changeling Series. Hi, James. Hi, thanks for having me on the show. Absolutely. Give us a little bit of background on what is The Changeling Series. Um, At the moment, it's a series of books that I'm writing. There's one, two, three, four, five. I had to count in my head then. There's five (laughs) books currently in the series. Um, there's at least another two, possibly three, to complete the full series. And it's a fantasy series, um, very traditional sort of high fantasy. Um, it's marketed at MG, middle grade readers, so sort of middle school to young adult. Um, to be honest, though, what I've found is that a lot of my readers are either young adults or complete adults. Like yourself, I know you've read some of them too. <laughs> so that's what it's marketed at. But... It's got quite a wide readership base, but it's just a general fantasy story that's um, epic in scope, hopefully. Yeah, I think it is. It's Here are the latest two books, which I'm never sure whether I get things in the frame or not. Uh, This is uh, book (laughs) four and five, The Glass Fire Serpent. And in each of your books, you have an element that is the, say, the extra character in your book. Is that a good way to describe it? Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, it, each of the books is loosely structured around one of the different elements of magic. Um, in the lore of the universe, the idea is that magic is broken down into various different elements, earth, air, fire, water, light, darkness, and spirit or manner. And okay. I always wanted each of the books to be individual and based around loosely one of those. So it has its own feel and theme. But really, it's one story from beginning to end. I did notice in, so in The Glassfire Serpent, it comes in two parts, which was, number one, not fair to me, because then I had to wait <laughs> for the second part. <laughs> We've already, <laughs> James and I have already discussed this off camera, so, uh, but it's, it was worth a wait. I did notice in uh, the second uh, half of Glassfire Serpent, there is a lot of weaving in of characters we have seen in earlier books. And I really enjoyed that, seeing people pop up, no matter how briefly or for how long, but it was really an interesting thing to see the weaving. Yeah, it, again, it's something that I've always, has been important in the series for me, is to introduce characters that they don't just serve like a a bookmark purpose of you know they serve this role in this book we want to see them again and we want to see how they change as well um that's one of my main things with this whole series is that you know if you read book one you've got these very very good obviously heroic characters and these very clear-cut bad characters who are the evil ones and then by books four and five the waters have become muddied slightly and you see some strange alliances through the series where people who seem very bad and maybe not quite as bad or can act good and and vice versa you know it, that that's always been something i've deliberately done through the series is to try and make it a little more gray as it goes on less black and white and that's inter- that's an interesting read too because as to get into a little bit of meat of what the books are about 
uh, Robin, the scion of the Arcania, is coming into himself. And he, not only him, but everyone else is growing as well. They're developing things about their personality and their spirit um, that are really interesting to read. Um, we've got Henry, who is an, what I might call mostly an earthbound uh, human, uh, who actually by book five gets some extra things to help propel him along, which are very, very interesting. So do yeah, you- Yeah, I mean, Henry, sorry. I was going to say Henry has, has always been a bit of a sleeper character in that everybody else seems to have these fantastic powers and abilities and Henry is very much the everyman. He's just the normal boy kind of along for the ride. And, you know, we address this in the books. I think it's in book three where Henry becomes quite frustrated that he's just the mascot for the team. And <laughs> there's a bit of a falling out and a reconciliation. But, but like you say, by the end of books four and five, he's coming into his own a bit and it's, it's clear he's going to have a much bigger role to play. And there's going to be more to him than meets the eye, hopefully. And he is he is the unflinching character who is so supportive of his friends and his loved ones. And that is a really nice thing because I do think that as sort of the human in the story, it would be very easy for him to really be left behind. But he is so fiercely loyal to his friends. And that's something that's really fun to watch uh, and see throughout all the books. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm glad you, you think that as well. He's a very good character to write. Um, for me, he kind of ties everyone else together. I feel that if Henry wasn't there, everybody would argue a lot more or maybe go off and do their own things. And he kind of just, he's like the peacemaker in the company. And the fact that no matter how dramatic things are getting, or because some of them can be a little high strung and a little over dramatic. <laughs> by the nature of their personalities. And then Henry is completely unfazed. Whatever's happening, he's just like muddles through. He's never surprised. He takes it all on the chin and he kind of anchors everyone and brings them all back down to earth. So that that's his role in the, in the group. And I totally get that. And I like that. He's definitely the ride or die. And he's also, you know, when you're the sort of the underdog when it comes to powers, um, he's always willing to go. And I think that's a beautiful thing about his character that he may have, he may be the most brave of all because he's having to sort of go on his own and assume that he'll be okay. And I like that. Yeah, I mean, he's basically, he's unarmed. Everybody else is armed with powers and skills and things that, you know, they can hold their own. <laughs> And Henry, I think we can all, as readers, identify mostly with him because that would be us if you were in the book. Like, <laughs> I have no skills, I have no abilities, but what the hell, let's go for it anyway. <laughs> so is Aunt Irene going to have a larger role at some point? I mean, she's got a great role, but I would like to see her get down and dirty at some point. I think we've seen a hint of that um, back in book three near the end. And I got quite a lot of feedback from readers at the end of that book because books one and two, she serves sort of the classic fantasy mentor role. You know, she's there to protect and guide and inform the young heroes. Um, and from a literary point of view, that's an important role, an important tool for me as an author. It's someone who knows everything and can protect and guide these these young people. But obviously as they're getting older for the books, they're getting more independent. They don't need that guidance as much or they have their own opinions and they don't always agree with what she might have to say. 
um, which gives me more room to use her in different ways. And at the end of book three, again, without giving spoilers away for people who haven't read it, you know that she has a very active part in the finale and we sort of see a side of her that we haven't seen before and that there's a lot more to her. Um, you will see a lot more of her in the next book. I'm trying to, <laughs> to think <laughs> how I can say things without spoiling. Um, yeah, she has a very important role to play in the next book Good. that Good. you will either be very happy with me about or very angry with me about. <laughs> Who knows? That's okay, because I think that that's... So I am curious, what was the reaction? Uh, were most people more excited about Irene uh, having more of a role or not excited? No, it was it was a very positive reaction. It was like, yes, the gloves are off. You know, we, we've seen her being controlled and stately and wise, but here we saw her literally let her hair down and what she's capable of. And the fact that she hasn't used any of that power until she absolutely had to, I think, says a lot to the readers about her character. That she, you know, she is much more powerful than you'd imagine, but she doesn't intervene until she absolutely has to. That was something that I did so, enjoy. I mean, it, I knew that she, as you say, serves a purpose, but it was nice to see her step up. And of course, as an educator, you you have a role as an educator to educate, but if you step up all the time and take care of everything, then there's really no education. So her role as an educator is very important, but it's also nice to see her get a little bit of her, come into her own self. Yeah, and it's nice to see her give the, the children of Earl King a little bit more independence as well, because as you say, as educator, you can get in the way of them learning if you're doing everything for them all the time, or you're always there to save the day and pull them out of the fire. <laughs> How is anyone ever going to learn to look after themselves? So as you know, at the end of the, the most recent book, it's set up with, you know, right, you're going off to do this next and you're going on your own. So which, the big which change. Is, yes, it is. So how fun is writing Wode? Oh, he's my absolute favorite character to write. Um, I don't really write him. <laughs> I have it in my head. I know, I, I know what the scene's going to be, and I start writing it, and I know that he's going to be in it, and then I, I plan for him to say X, Y, and Z, and then he just says whatever he wants, and takes me off in directions I wasn't expecting. He says things that I, I don't know where they come from. I don't know where he comes from, honestly. <laughs> but um, he's well-loved. He's I think he's probably the most popular character with, with readers, and the one that most people are very protective of. I get constant, if anything ever happens to Wode, I <laughs> will come to your house. Okay, okay. No promises. <laughs> well, you know, as the author, you get to make the choices at the end of the day. So I will say, though, that well, I do. I was going to say that the choices, unfortunately, they're already made um, for the whole series. It's already written in note form. So I already know how it ends. You know, two or three books from now, I know who wins, who loses, who lives, who dies. And people saying, I hope this happens or I hope this doesn't happen. It won't really affect it because it's already decided. So it's, it's out of my hands. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but there could be an uprising. Just keep that in mind. There could. <laughs> I did. I followed an author from New Orleans years ago um, and I read several. He, I think, had three books. And in book two, he um, 
and they were fiction. And in book two, towards the end, he killed off probably what I assume was the most popular character. Um, not really a good idea because he sort of, uh, you know, I, I don't know, maybe he just stopped writing, but it, it, it actually hurt my feelings because I'm like, how can you <laughs> give us someone that we love so much and just, and honestly, it wasn't a spectacular death. It was sort of like a, okay, she's gone now. And I'm like, oh, wow. Oh, really? I would feel cheated with that. I was about to say, I think if you're going to kill or end someone who is such a beloved character, my my point would be it had better mean something it had better be for a very good reason that people can say that was tragic but look what's happened because of it or look how important it was but to just sort of bop someone off push them off I, the pier i'm like oh strange. my I, all i can think of is career suicide <laughs> yeah maybe they were just so tired of writing they're like no i'm gonna just make sure everyone knows this character is not coming back because i'm tired <laughs> Well, I, I, I have if, a, as a writer, if you're tired of writing, and I do think sometimes as a writer, I'm not a writer, but I can imagine that as a writer, there may come a time where you're like, okay, I feel like I have reached the end with this particular character. And then if you keep trying to go forward, you run into the possibility of boring the reader. Because if you don't want to exactly. write it, I think if you're trying to force yourself to write anything that you personally don't feel excited about, if you as a writer, if you're not excited about it, how on earth do you expect readers to be excited about it? Um, I couldn't write anything that I wasn't interested in. When I was very first starting out and I got my agents and we were discussing what I was writing, we did have a brief conversation where just over lunch and they were saying, oh, this genre is really popular right now. Why don't you write something? And it was something like a Western or... So, you know, a very good genre, but I've got zero interest in it. And I thought, oh, I could, I suppose I could sit down and I could make myself write. And I thought it would be awful because I'm not interested in it. And I wouldn't expect people to go and pay money for something that I've written that's like, that I've not got my heart in. You've got to write about what you're passionate about, I think. I totally agree with you. And I think you, we've been chums on uh, Instagram and uh, Facebook for a long time. So you already know how much I've enjoyed the series. Um, but I do agree that, you know, we're fortunate and we're blessed that there are millions of books out there. Some books appeal to me and some books don't, and that's okay. But if you write something you're passionate about, you often connect with other people who are passionate about the same things. So that makes it a lot more fun to read. Yeah. Exactly. And it, it's encouraging as a writer as well when you do make that connection with readers. When you write something that that you're excited about and, and you know, you get the story in your head, you can't wait to get it out because that's what being a writer is. You want to tell people this story and you want them to enjoy it. And especially in, in our modern world, there's a lot more interaction between writer and readers. Um, you get, you know, you get to, like yourself and like everyone else on social media, I get to get a lot of feedback from readers and I get to chat about what they'd like and what they don't like. And that's very rewarding as a writer to hear that people are enthusiastic about what you're writing and that they've enjoyed reading it as much as you've enjoyed writing it. So what's coming up next in the Changeling series? Um, the next book, I'm trying to wonder whether I can give you the title because it would be an exclusive because I haven't told anyone yet. Well, bring it on, James, come on. Um, the next book, it will be called The Gloamstone Road. All right. And 
it centers around as we've said earlier each book is around one of the different elements this one is around the element of darkness oh okay that's so i'm excited you know, Going off, you know, what happened in the last book, which was all fire, uh, quite a few traumatic things happened in that book, especially toward the end. Hopefully, you, there were a few revelations about certain mm -hmm. characters mm -hmm. and a few cliffhangers we left it on. So this next book is all about what happens with that information, with all the new things Robin's learned about certain characters and taking that forward. And obviously, it's based around darkness, so it is going to be maybe a little bit of a darker book, maybe a more dramatic book, but hopefully still light and fun and Wode's in it, so. <laughs> well, precisely. As long as Wode's in it, we're good to go. <laughs> and you have a... I'd be surprised if he doesn't get his own spin-off series at some point. You know? <laughs> I, I I approve of that. If if I get to approve, I approve. So you have an anniversary edition coming out as well, don't you? Yes, of the first book, Isle of Winds. Um, there's a special limited collector's edition coming out and it's being published as an nft non-fungible okay. token which is an, an online currency so it's kind of like a kindle um book it's an electronic version the difference being with an nft it's it with a kindle when you buy a kindle you're buying access to a copy that everybody else who buys has that same copy with an nft it's like getting a signed personal edition nobody else will have the copy you have so it, you know it's signed it's numbered there's only going to be 200 copies made in the world so once they're gone they're gone and whoever's bought them good luck to them um but to celebrate it we're putting a lot of extra things in there so there's character illustrations which um um they've been done by obviously the publishers found professional illustrators and liaised with me for some ideas and guidance and i've had to kind of take a bit of a less of a control freak because obviously we all have our own ideas and i'm like it doesn't look exactly like i picture it but then every single reader will have their own slightly differently tweaked versions of what people look like so it was interesting to see somebody else's version of my characters so there's illustrations in there um there will be maps in there which is something that people ask me for a lot with this series like please please publish maps so there will be a map <laughs> Of that journey so you get to see the netherworld and where things are which i'm quite excited about people seeing um there's a lot of background information and sort of bonus material you know like when you buy a, a special edition dvd and it comes with all the bonus features and behind the scenes there's a lot of that in there so hopefully for fans of the series who are really into it it'll give them that little extra bit more um, and I, i've also written for the nft anniversary edition there's a, a sort of 50 60 page bonus story that will only be available in that and that's actually a prologue twile of winds and it tells how two of the main characters met so there's a little bit of extra story in there as well for them and, and that's how, coming out in the and how do you get an nft um it's through a, a new company called book vaults um okay. which you can look them up online um either through instagram or twitter or what have you um so they just set up the company um, and this is the first time it's ever been done with a, a full book. NFTs have been for artwork, you know, people have produced art, sold it off as an NFT, but no one's ever put like a full novel as an NFT okay. before. So I get to spearhead that, which is very exciting. So you just download the app, you go to Book Vaults, download the app for free, and then when the book's published next month, you can buy it directly from there, read it on your Kindle or your iPad, same as you would do any other book. That sounds fantastic. Do you have a website and social media you would like to share? Uh, for myself, 
Oh, for the book, well, I mean, you just Google no, it. No, for book. you, for you, for yeah. Me, all of my social media, as we discussed just before we officially came on air, neither of us are very particularly technologically sound. So. <laughs> <laughs> all my social media are extremely simple. It's just my name. So um, Instagram, it's James Fahey Author. Facebook, it's James Fahey Author. TikTok, it's James Fahey Author. Um, Twitter, James Fahey Author. So if you Google my name, it'll give you all of my socials and... I'm mainly on Instagram is where I do most of my interfacing with everybody because it's where I met every reader and writer I've ever known. But I am on every platform. You can't get rid of me. <laughs> <laughs> we don't intend to. Thank I've refused so to do any dancing, though, on TikTok. I will point that out. I refuse to join. <laughs> you don't want to see that. <laughs> you know, maybe as a bonus. Maybe. Maybe in the next NFT edition, I'll include a short video of me dancing and then people will be demanding refunds. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah I, 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 as bad as i am at technology i'm even worse at dancing so trust me i understand <laughs> thanks for hanging out and chatting with me james i had such a great time no problem thank you very much for having me thank you thank you for joining us with out with dan see you soon thank you for joining me for this week's episode of out with dan you can find more information about this podcast and its host at outwithdan.com, on Twitter at outwithdan, and on Instagram and Facebook at gooutwithdan. This podcast is hosted by Authors on the Air Global Radio Network, and the theme music is provided by bensound.com. Join us again soon for the next episode of Out With Dan. <laughs>